Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. Boundaries. So maybe you look at that and go, wow, what a great series name. Uh, maybe not. Maybe you're like, I, that you start thinking about boundaries, but I guarantee you, all of you have boundaries, number one. I'm going to go farther. I'm going to say all of you, whether you know it or not, love boundaries. You crave boundaries. And you might not even be alive if it weren't for boundaries. You might think maybe that's a little bit of an overstatement. Well, let's take a look at it. First of all, Understanding what a boundary is, kind of in our head. It, it, imagine it like a wall. So, so in your life, there are different times when you have walls, like this wall, which is a great wall. There we go. Great Wall of China. So, so we look at that. It, it was a boundary. It was created as a boundary. So now as you think about that in your life, I want you to think about the boundaries that you have that are physical boundaries that are specifically walls. When you got up today, uh, you, you were in your house that has walls and a roof most likely. And, and so for that reason, you, you understand that that is your space. And then outside of the house wall, you have another probably cinder block wall, if you're like most people uh, who live here in the Phoenix area, and that divides your property from your neighbor's property. And it also, to one extent or another, hopefully keeps your things safe. And then, as if that weren't enough, you, you have the outside boundary, you have the boundary of your house, and then inside your home, you have other boundaries, the walls to your room. And so maybe you even have some rules like, please don't come in if the door is shut, or knock first if, if the door is shut. And then you have other rooms in your house that have walls, like a bathroom, and you're thankful for those, those doors, or those walls, and even you say, you know what, shut the door, please, uh, when you are using that room, because we like boundaries, and, and there are certain things we don't want to walk by and we don't want to see. So boundaries, you come here and, and you see the walls that are around Cesar Chavez and those walls that we understand are, are there to, to keep students safe and, and, and maybe even to keep them in sometimes and to keep other people out. That's the way that walls work. But, but the name of this series is not walls, it's boundaries. And some boundaries are not walls, but what they are, they, they, we take spray paint and we make boundaries. And those are boundaries that you enjoyed on the way here today. If you drove here, or if you took a street, that street had boundaries, spray-painted dashes and lines, some of them yellow, some of them white, that if they were not there, that you would maybe have some difficulty on the road. You wouldn't know where your lane was, the boundary of your lane, and the boundary of a car coming the other direction. And for that reason, with the, without those boundaries, or maybe you've even tried to, you've been on a road that doesn't have a boundary, 
with people who are learning how to drive. It's like they, they don't understand exactly where they should be, and they, they like having the boundaries so they know that they're on the proper side of the road. And then you came here, and, and when you did, you looked for a parking space. And, and where is your space? Your space is between the two uh, painted lines, unless you're uh, like Lauren here with his BMW who parks sideways, so he gets, uh, okay, he doesn't have a BMW, but anyways, but you know, you know what that's like, you park sideways, so you get two spaces, and people who look at you say, really? Really? You can't go in between the spaces like we do? So we have, we have these different walls, we have these, these other spray-painted lines that are boundaries, but then there are boundaries that we have that are not physical in any way. And, and those boundaries are ones where we interact with one another. And so sometimes when someone comes and they talk to you and they're right up in your face, you're like, back off a little, please. You're, you're invading my space. Or with boundaries like that, we use terminology like, you know what, you just crossed the line. You know what, you're... You're out of bounds uh, with, with a statement like that. And what happens is with those non-visual boundaries, people tend to struggle because they are not clear. Or maybe one person's boundaries and another person's boundaries conflict a little bit. Now we go even to the reading. We're going to read in just a moment from Galatians chapter 6. And, and do you see the, the title of it? I, I included the title that's in the Bible for the section. And it says, doing good to all. That is an example of a title that seems to have no boundaries. And, and as an example of how frustrating that can be, if I'm going to do good to all, I don't know if you're like me, but when you drive down the road and you see someone on the side of the road that, that says, has a sign that says, you know, could use money or they need help of some kind, that there's a boundary there that, that some set, some, I don't know if you help them or not. Some say, yeah, that's my boundary. See, it says here, God says, do good to all. There's a person who needs my help, so every time I go by there, I give them something. Others of you are saying, you know what, that's a scam. I would never give money to them. And you know what, they can go to St. Vinny's or, or someplace like that or a food, uh, food pantry or shelter and that's where they should be getting their help. My point is, is that if you don't have a clear boundary, like I don't, every time you drive by, there's a twinge of guilt. How about other boundaries with doing good and helping people? I, I have to believe that the people here are like my family, and that is that there have been times where individuals have wanted to live with us. And you have to make a decision. And the decision is, first of all, are you going to say yes or no? And then another part can be, how long are you going to stay with us? And what are the expectations going to be? That's difficult. And, and so what you need to do is, is you set boundaries, you, you set parameters, and to the extent that you don't, it causes frustration in that relationship because you don't know exactly how it's going to work or how long it's going to last. 
Another boundary would be how much time you're going to give to the Lord uh, or how much time in volunteering that you go and say, okay, now, you know, I'm supposed to do good to all. How much time am I going to do? Where am I going to draw the line for how much time I spend doing this and how much I don't? Another line, another boundary would be when do you say something and when do you keep your mouth shut? Think about that. You run into situations like that all of the time. We, we might go out here and, and, and as we're, we're, we're out there on the patio, maybe there's some kids running around and, and there's a part of you that says, man, maybe I should say something to them just, just because I don't want them to get hurt. But then you wonder, oh my goodness, what would their parents think if I said something to them? Or what, would they be upset with me? And, and what if they have different boundaries than I do? That's what we're talking about in this section. And so, with doing good to all, what we're going to do now is go into Galatians chapter 6 and look at some of the boundaries uh, to begin with and, and define them. So we begin. Brothers and sisters, if anyone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. I'm just going to show you the rub of this lesson and, and the frustration with boundaries right now. Look at the second verse. Carry each other's burdens. And then look at the last verse. For each one should carry their own load. Do you see where the rub is, the frustration, where you're just like, I don't get this, I don't understand this. We're, we're, what is this carrying each other's burdens and each other's loads? And that's what we're going to look at right now. First of all, in the blank, you can write, boundaries are dividing lines that limit the sphere of an activity. Boundaries are dividing lines. Very easy to see in a wall. Very easy to see with the, the spray-painted lines that that is where the boundary is. Very difficult to see in when they are not visible, when they are not a, it's not a visual boundary. Those are a little more difficult to establish and to see. And the second, boundaries are essential for healthy interaction with other people. Boundaries are essential for healthy interaction with other people. And, and just so we're clear, and just to show you how much you crave boundaries and how helpful boundaries can be, I'll give you one example right here. All right, here we go. So we got OBJ, okay? Is he in bounds or out of bounds? Come on, make a... Make a decision. Is he in bounds or out of bounds? Who, who thinks he's out of bounds? In bounds? Okay, let's look. Are you kidding me? Pylon cam lets us know that he got the toe in bounds, right? Here's the deal. Why setting boundaries is so important? Every NFL field, same size, 
every NFL, same length, same width, that there might be arguing. Imagine if this was on a playground and, two, and they were playing and, and they were arguing over whether it was a touchdown or not. Once they take this picture and, and they show it on the jumbotron, no one complains, right? No one complains, and why? Because the rules are clear, the boundary is clear, which makes the going forward much easier. In the same way, we're going to see this with, with the boundaries that it makes decisions that you make based on boundaries much easier to take place. Let's continue. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. This portion, chapter 6, there's five chapters of Galatians, uh, a letter to the church of, of the province of Galatia that came before this. And the, the book, the purpose of the book went because there were Christians who lived in that area who believed in Jesus Christ as their Savior, the, the one and only way to salvation through Jesus Christ. But then there were people who came from Israel who were uh, of Jewish descent. And, and when they did, they, they brought these Jewish teachings and, and almost did like a, a mixture of the two of a hybrid of Christianity. And so what they would have said was, you need to believe in Jesus and you need to do all of these works in order to go to, go to heaven as well. And, and Paul wrote to them and, he, and said, you know, that sounds like good news because you say Jesus died for your sins. But when you interact your own works as another condition, that's not good news. That's, that's bad news. It, it, it's only it's not even partial good news. It's bad because you never know and you're not capable of doing this. And so he pointed them to the way of faith uh, and, and believing in Jesus Christ as your Savior. So as he was explaining this as clearly as possible, he said in chapter 5, it's for freedom that Christ has set you free. So don't let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Letting us know that God's love for us is unconditional. That it doesn't matter what we have done. It doesn't matter. Christ has forgiven all of it. And for that reason, uh, one uh, church theologian said it this way. He said, every Christian is a king subject to no one. But then later on, it, it talks about living by the Spirit and living and showing love to one another. And that same theologian said, every Christian is a slave, subject to everyone. And you look at that and you're like, that's mind-blowing. That, how can those things be true that on the one hand I'm a king and on the other hand I'm a slave? And that's what we find in the gospel. On the one hand we are forgiven and loved unconditionally and now living in thanks I will do Anything, anything that, that God would have me do out of thanks for what he has done for me. And so we have these competing sometimes mindsets and, and our sinful nature says, no, I want to be the king. I want to do whatever I want to do. But we need to look at both of these truths. 
Now, in that context, it says this, that, that we have this relationship with God, but we have a relationship with one another. And there are going to be times when people we love and care about, other brothers and sisters in Christ, get caught in sin. All of us commit sin, but this is now a situation where where we're in the the grasp of that sin and and we're struggling to get out of it. And in that situation, it it says we have a responsibility to, to go to them and help. In the blank, you can write, a boundary lets me know how far I can go to help without getting caught myself. A boundary lets me know how far I can go to help without getting caught myself. A a really good physical example of this would be someone, if you see someone who's drowning, and you see them and and they're they're drowning and they need help, and and maybe you would say, yeah, I'm gonna swim out to them and help them. That would be great if you did that, but I would not do that. And the reason why, I'm a horrible swimmer, absolutely horrible swimmer. But in those situations, what happens, the people who get in trouble are not people who are really bad swimmers. It's those who are pretty good swimmers who think, you know what, I can swim, I can go out to them and I can help them and I can save them. And in those situations, if you see news stories time and time again, the person who was going out to help the other person was pulled under and they they were drowned. The same can be true when we help someone who's caught in sin. Number one, the number one thing I've seen over the last 23 years in ministry where Christians, well-meaning Christians who want to help someone else who's caught in a sin get, get in this area is in sexual sin. Hands down, hands down, it, it is the time where it happens the most. And they're well-meaning. And, and what happens is this, is they're having difficulties in their marriage. Yeah, it's just not going right and it's not going well. And a first boundary that is crossed is is they talk to somebody, maybe a friend of of the the husband or whoever it is, maybe a friend from work of the opposite sex. And they talk to them and they listen to them. And you you know you're in trouble when they say, you know, I wish my husband was more like you. I wish he would listen like you do. I, I, I wish you that he cared like you do. Don't swim the other way. Get in a motorboat and drive the other way because that is an example of when you are beginning to get caught in a sin. You're trying to help them and now they are pulling you down. They are pulling you under. And it, and it happens to registered lifeguards, a.k.a. pastors, as well as well-meaning friends who think they are strong in the faith. That's boundaries. And, and so there are boundaries you can establish right away that can be helpful. A boundary is talk to someone of the same sex when you're going to do that. Another boundary is never go where there's two people alone where, where this happens. Go to a, a public place and even better, have both the husband and wife there as you are talking to them. See, sometimes boundaries are, are common sense. But the reality of it is this, is that as you are a Christian, we are told that you need to be careful, careful with these when someone is caught in a sin so that you do not get dragged down as well. We continue. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Helping someone who's caught in a sin is helping them with their burden, okay? 
And the burdens that we're talking about here are primarily spiritual burdens. And now for, I, I, I could give you a definition of a burden, but I would rather give you a, a picture. This is my favorite picture of a donkey with a burden. And the reason why this captures the, the scriptural sense of a burden is that a burden as it's described here is a burden that you are unable to carry and do anything about by yourself. That is a wonderful picture of the burden we have of sin. And the reason why is you could tell this donkey, you need to try harder. You need to get your legs moving. You need to, I suppose, maybe rock back and forth a little bit. But I guarantee you, this donkey is going nowhere, uh, no matter how hard he works. And in the same way, as we look at our spiritual condition with Christ, it's not a matter of trying harder. That's what Galatians is all about. It is about someone who can take this burden away. And the answer to this is not for me to pull up with my cart and have them unload their burden on me, because then I'm going to be in the same situation. The way that we carry each other's burdens is when we encourage and help them take these burdens and lay them at the foot of the cross. Unloading things we were never meant to carry. Burdens of guilt. Burdens of pain. Burdens of regret. Burdens of weakness. Of addiction. Of anger. Add yours. What is the burden that, that you carry that is so heavy that, that it has you paralyzed so you're not able to go anywhere? Carry each other's burdens. In this way you fulfill the law of Christ. The next verse we look at is Matthew 11 where Jesus says, Come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Turn the page and, and, and we'll fill in the blank. Some burdens are so heavy that there is no way we can carry them by ourselves. Jesus must carry our excessive sin burden. Jesus and only Jesus. And we help each other with unmanageable burdens as we direct people to Christ. When you look at Jesus' ministry in context of burdens and, and look at it at that way, you will start to notice a desperation of the people that went to Jesus. Very rarely did anyone go to Jesus first. That it was only after they had gone to the doctors. It was after they had gone to the other religious leaders. It was after they had gone to friends. It was after they had exhausted every opportunity that they had absolutely nothing to lose because this burden had put them in a situation where they were paralyzed. They couldn't move frontwards, backwards, sideways. There was nowhere to go. ever feel that way? I have to believe. I do. I do. Okay? And that is why as we look at this 
the, the area of, of, of ministry that is closest to my heart are ones where, where, where we create environments where we carry each other's burdens. I have asked you, I have begged you to be in growth groups. And, and I'm just saying that, that it's groups, it's not only groups, it can be friendships, but, but it's, a, it's one way and one place where you can begin to foster these relationships. A second one, and, and this one is, God, I've mentioned this so many times, I'm gonna mention it again. Resilient ministry is on Saturday nights. I go to that ministry every week, and I don't go to teach it. I am not part of the leadership of the resilient ministry at all. I go there because the burden of being a pastor is too heavy for me to carry. That's the one reason I go there. Because what happens, and it's part of my personality and it's destructive, is I carry or try to carry other people's burdens, and it breaks me. It does. It, it's horrible that I, that I get in my head of ways that I'm going to fix people. And it's messed up, and it's the opposite of what Christ wants me to do. And, and so I go there, I go to resilient ministry to unload burdens. And, and just to be there, last night was an example, oh my goodness, of everyone there in the, in the men's group that we had, every person there was just burdened. And, and it was so great because as you look at this burden, you can see them being lifted as we, as we take turns unloading them and assuring each other of Christ's forgiveness. That's how we carry each other's burdens when we listen. When we listen to a brother or sister in Christ confess their sin and we direct them to the forgiveness they have in Jesus and tell them they are forgiven and they are loved and that Christ is with them and he gives them the strength to go another day and to remind them that, you know what, tomorrow you're probably going to have to unload this trailer again because it has a way of filling up on a daily basis, an hourly basis. Are you desperate? If you are desperate, you understand what a burden, what a true burden is. We continue. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions, that they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. These previous ones were about other people's lives. This is about your own. This is now the boundaries God has with you. First of all, a boundary. A, a boundary, when you go across someone's lot line that's a boundary, it's called trespassing, right? When God puts a boundary of his word and, and his law, sometimes we refer to it as the Ten Commandments, as an example of his law, when he says, do this, do not do that. When you sin, you, you cross that line, and that's why we call it a trespass. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lord, forgive me for when I've crossed the line of going from what you would have me do to going to what you would not have me do. And I am telling you, there is not one line God has drawn that you have not crossed. That there is not one line that God has drawn that I have not crossed. The lines are, are very clear. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Cross the line. Love your neighbor as yourself. We cross the line. The selfishness, the, the self-love, the self-righteousness, you, you name it. Put self in front of just about anything. And we cross that line. The boundary. The boundary. And, and so Christ comes back across that boundary 
to carry that sin for us. So here's what he tells us to do. Number one, test your own actions against God's law. On a daily basis, this is where we expose sin and confess it. That's where we unload it at the cross. Number two, don't compare yourselves with others. Don't be thinking, well, I'm, I'm bad, but I'm not that bad. I suppose somewhere in here, someone's probably the worst person here. Uh, Ralph, you have a nervous look on your face, I don't know. Uh, no, we, yeah, we could all look, right? We could all look backwards. But the reality of it is, is that's not what God tells us to do. That's not the boundary. His law is. And then finally, he tells us each person must carry his own load. Each person must carry his or her own load. And that takes us to the final verse. For each one should carry their own load. That's Galatians 6 verse 5. Now hopefully this will bring some clarity. The word load, that each one should carry their own load, a good picture for that would be this. A, a, your load, a, a load for a person would be not necessarily a backpack per se, but what it is that you are expected to carry yourself. Okay, so, so each one should carry his own backpack, but when it comes to burdens, the, the things that are, are, are big, uh, those are ones we carry together. So, the, so that would be the, what I do. Now, the other one for burden, another picture would be this, where, where someone has this something that they just can't do by themselves. An example, another physical example. Each one of us is responsible on a daily basis for what we need to, to live, to eat, drink, the four walls of our house. That's, each one of us has a responsibility for that. But right now in... Florida and Georgia and the Carolinas, they are just getting pounded. And the United States and does this, it's part of the DNA of our country, and it's also part of our DNA as Christians, that what happens at times like this is that we tend to take off our backpack and start sending things that they need. And it's a way that we support one another, and it's a way that we help one another. That is an example of carrying each other's burdens, ways that we help each other in times of disaster. But now, I want you to think about this in a spiritual sense. First of all, you are responsible for your own backpack. What does that mean for me and for you? Number one, I have a responsibility, a personal responsibility. You have a personal responsibility to your Lord. That on a, any given day that you test your actions according to his word, that you confess your sin and turn to him for forgiveness. Number one. Number two, in my backpack, yours might be different, but the second back per, the thing that I have responsibility to is to my wife. 25 years ago, I made a promise to her before God and, and before others and to her. And so the responsibility of, of being there and being uh, a Christian husband to her as we confess sin, as we sometimes point out sin, uh, or keep each other from being caught in sin, uh, depending on how you want to look at it. But the point is, is that that's a responsibility that I have. And as I look at those two especially, whatever the third one is, it, is, it has to be in that order. 
And that might be to my, my children, my extended family, and those types of things. And that is the way that I arrange my backpack on any given day. And there are going to be times in ministry where, where I have enough going on in my backpack that I cannot carry those low, other loads. And so the encouragement, I, I direct you to Christ. I direct you to other brothers and sisters in Christ, to your growth group, your growth group leader, the elders, other leaders in the church that can help you with that burden at that time. And, and then this is the, the difficult part, is in our own lives, in your life, and in the lives of others, what goes in the backpack and what's a burden? And that is a line that is very difficult to draw and it's, it's one that quite honestly might look a little bit different for different people at different times. But that is where we are ending our message today and why I encourage you to come back for the weeks following. Today, the theme was defining boundaries. And I did. Defining boundaries are, the, 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 the definition is there, boundaries are dividing lines, and those dividing lines help us to see what God would have us carry, what God would have other people carry, and then what only God can carry. And now as we go forward from this, we are going to continue to look at his word, and we are also going to do with it, it, it in a window into our lives to make these applications. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we, we do crave boundaries, that we care about uh, dividing lines and, and things like that, maybe sometimes in petty ways, but Lord, help us to see that, that boundaries are things that you establish for our good. Lord, we know that you, uh, or that we have crossed the boundary of, of sin, and we know that Jesus has taken that burden and, and carried it for us, and for that we thank you. Now, Lord, in our lives, out of thanks for what you have done for us, help us as we carry the load each day and, and, and carry burdens to you to the cross and help us in our lives to, to care and love for one another and direct each other to the cross of Christ as well. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.